Welcome everybody to Disney World A to Z. This is the podcast for all things Walt Disney World from A to Z. We'll take you through the magic alphabetically. My name's Emma. And my name is Josh. How's everybody doing? Welcome to Listener Questions. This is the day of the week where we answer your questions about all things Disney World. If you have questions for the show, uh, feel free to join us over on our Facebook page, our private Facebook page, which you can find a link to in the show notes for this episode, or on our website, www.hz.com. And uh, you can also... Um, uh, send us questions just via our website, www.a-to-z.com. So, Emma, what have we got going on this week? What kind of questions we got? All right, let's see. So we have one from Jennifer. She says, hi, everyone. I'm looking for some fast pass booking advice. Coming up on my 60-day window, we are doing five days, one Magic Kingdom, two Epcot, three Animal Kingdom, or I guess... The, the, oh, the order four. Yeah, I've got five like, magic. Yeah, I was like, wait, yeah, I was like this is adding up. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any tips on how to best book so I can have the best chance to get fast pass for Mind Train Frozen and one of the Pandora rides? We are a group of six going in mid May. So, I mean, it sounds like you kind of already have your park days scheduled out. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I mean, I think her best bet would be to have the parks that you want most at the end of the trip mm-hmm. because then you can book the first day, you can book, you know, the first day that you of 60 days out, um, you can book for your entire trip. So the good thing is that at the end of your trip, that's like 65 days away, mm-hmm. like there won't be as many people right. booking for that because, you know, some people will only be booking 60 days. So, yeah, if, if, I think that's probably the best strategy. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, having Animal Kingdom kind of right in the middle, that's going to be the third day. You should be able to get Flight of Passage okay. Uh, I would definitely, like, at, uh, uh, what is it, what time is it? Uh, 7, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I would definitely, like, book for Animal your Animal Kingdom day first. Uh, and then I would, tr- then from there I would go to your your first Magic Kingdom day and try to get Seven Dwarves. Then from there I would uh, try to get, hmm... I don't know. I, like, you almost kind of just want to go with the sure bets. Honestly, what I would probably do yeah. is start with your last days first, just to make sure. Like, do Animal Kingdom, get Flight of Passage, then your next, your fourth day is Epcot, get Frozen, uh, and then for your last day, Magic Kingdom, get Seven Dwarves. So at least you know you're going to get to ride the three hard to get things. Then from there, you can go back to your first Magic Kingdom day and see if you can get Seven Dwarves again, just in case something happens and you guys decide to do yeah. a different park on your last day. Um, that's kind of always the thing. If you're, if you have like the good stuff booked for the end of your trip. This is always kind of the tough problem is that then you then if you want to do something different once you get to once you get to the parks and stuff and oh maybe we don't want to do Magic Kingdom a second day. Maybe we want to do Epcot again. Uh well we've got our Seven Doors Mine Train uh past that day. So it kind of makes it tough. Um but the best chance of getting it is just to 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 book the hardest thing first and then to kind of do your last days first because then you're for sure going to get that stuff that you want to get. But yeah, having Magic Kingdom on your first day, uh, especially mid-May, might be a little bit tough for getting Seven Dwarves, uh, but I wouldn't focus on that. I would focus on getting Flight of Passage first. Uh, Mm. That way you can hopefully book it in the morning and, and get other fast passes for the rest of the day. Yeah, and since you are a bigger group, sometimes it's harder to get um, yes. for six. So if you're willing to split up, or if you know like only these two people really want to ride Space Mountain or whatever, you know, like you yeah. could just try to book for a party of two instead of booking for six, because that um, or even one that uh, sometimes helps. Dude, it would be so cool to have a party of eight and everybody got a fast pass for Flight of Passage, and you basically took up a whole room. That would be so. <laughs> cool. That would be awesome. 
That would be so yeah. cool. All right, uh, let's see. This is from Taylor. Says, I know. Oh, this was this was on our private Facebook page, uh, and it, I, we kind of talked about this, but I thought this was an interesting question. Something that others might have a, a question about too. I know there are several options for getting from Art of Animation to Magic Kingdom for rope drop, but which way have you guys found to be the fastest? Should I try to catch the first bus, or maybe Uber to TTC and monorail over? I won't be getting into town early enough to go to a resort that offers mini van codes. Thanks. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, we did this on my last trip. We took an Uber over to TTC and then did the monorail over, and that was not the fastest way to do it. Uh, if we had if we had taken an Uber to Contemporary and then walked, I mean, that's like a ten to fifteen minute walk. So maybe that's the fastest. But honestly, uh, and Emma, let me know what you think about this. But I think you should probably just get out there for the bus. And yeah, <laughs> I would kind of agree just yeah. because the bus is uh, the bus is only one sort of item of uncertainty um, mm-hmm. because obviously you have to wait for the bus, but it's going to drop you right up at the park entrance. Whereas an Uber um, is uh, I know Josh, the Josh's Uber driver didn't seem to want to drop them at the contemporary last right. time. Um, and if he drops you at the TTC, you're going to have to rely on the monorail or the, the ferry. And if right. they're having problems or if it's, you know, a long line. So I don't know. Just I, w- I would go for the bus, too. Yeah. I mean, just just be out there. I think I told Taylor in the Facebook group like 745 at the latest but if you want to be super sure super sure get 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 down there by like 7:30 if if uh if the park opens at 9 you should you should be okay you should be safe yeah all right, let's see. So we have a couple of dining plan questions from Trisha here. All right, let's do this. Um, she's considering quick service dining plan for herself, husband, and five-year-old daughter. Not big eaters, um, so the standard and deluxe plans would be too much. Here are the questions. How many days do you get when you select the dining plan? Does it apply on your check-in and check-out days? Is it connected to the number of park ticket days that you purchase? So to answer that one, I'm pretty sure, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. It's your resort reservation, mm-hmm. not so not necessarily your park ticket days, unless your park ticket is tied to your resort. But it's, it's the number of days that you're at the resort, the number of nights yes, you get that true. many. It does count on your check-in and check-out days. So, you know, you can spread it out however you want. Um, so, you you know, so because yeah. then you have like what, let's say you're staying... I don't know if she said how many nights she was staying. If you're staying like four nights, you have four days of credits, but you can use them over the course of the like five days. Right. It's like a it's like a pool of credits and they don't expire until midnight of the the night of your checkout day. So, so that, after so, you've left the yeah, room. Once you've checked out, you can still use your credits up until midnight. Uh, and you're right. So and, and, and they're all just a pool of credits. So suppose um, let's see, you yourself, uh, your husband and five-year-old daughter. Okay, so there's three of you. So you'll have a pool of, of credits uh, that can be used. Uh, and so if you, you know, you, you don't have to use them all on, separate them each day. You could use a bunch one day, not eat as much the next day. You know, you have a lot of freedom there uh, to do it however you want. And you're right. I get a lot of people asking this question, uh, clients and stuff. Uh, but no, it has no, It doesn't have to do with your park tickets. It's all, all about the resort, like Emma said. It's just it, however many nights you're staying, that's the number of dining credits you get per person 
per night. So there you go. So that's the first question. Uh, what's the what's the second question she was talking about? All right. About? So she's, how does it work to swap a quick service meal to three snack mm, credits? Mm-hmm. Sounds like um, you could do it at a festival booth at Epcot. Uh, do you have to select all three snack credits at one booth? What about other locations? Could you swap a quick service meal for, say, three citrus sorrels? I, I've never actually done this, but obviously I've heard it can be done. Do you mm-hmm. happen to know, Josh? Yeah. So they, yeah, the main thing is that they all have to be, it has to be swapped at the same time. So you basically tell them, hey, oh, okay. we're going to use a quick service credit for three snacks. And then whatever those three snacks are, you just get them all at the same time. So whatever uh, location you're at, you need to right. pick out the three snacks from that location. Exactly. You can't, you can't like go, you can't go, there's not like a spot you go to to say, hey, make a quick service credit, three snack credits, and then you can just like divvy those up different places. You have to, you have to do it during the transaction so that, so that mm. the person checking you out knows, okay, this is a quick service credit. I'm giving them three snacks in, in, in place of a quick service. So that is how that all works. Sounds good. Yes. All right. Uh, let's see. Next question is from uh, Jennifer. It says, my family recently got back from our trip to J- uh, in January and found it a little difficult to find good quick service breakfast stops in the parks. Do you have any suggestions for places to look for when we go back? Should we keep to the resorts for breakfast or are there any yummy quick service places in the parks? Thanks and love listening to you both. Makes my commute to and from work more enjoyable. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, yeah, this is this is. A, I thought this was an interesting question because there aren't really that many fun like breakfast quick service spots outside yeah. of the resorts like the Satuli canteen I think it's just because there's not an, enough demand for it like Satuli canteen did breakfast for a while but now they just do it during peak seasons which is a bummer because the menu is really good uh, so are there any any breakfast quick service spots in the parks that you might recommend Emma or stay on the resorts gosh yeah I mean I, I would concur with this general uh, sentiment mm-hmm. of where are the good quick services at the parks yeah, yeah I would stick with the resorts I mean yeah, other than Satuli Canteen, it feels all very basic. In fact, I've sometimes been really disappointed. I remember one time we got, I can't, somewhere at the Magic Kingdom, we got breakfast at a quick service, and it was, it felt like they'd gone to the frozen section at Walmart, and you know, like, mm-hmm. and just reheated whatever sausages or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I would stick with the resorts too. Yeah, I mean that that's gonna be your most Mickey waffles. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, if you uh, get bored of the breakfast over at your resort, you can always uh, find a way to hop over to a different resort and get a quick service credit somewhere else. Uh, like uh, Landscape of Flavors over at Art of Animation has some good, has a lot of good food. Um, I'm trying to think of other spots that have Grand, Grand Floridian has good food for breakfast as well. The yeah. quick service spots. Uh, I so wonder yeah, if options. they feel like at the parks, most people are just like hitting the rides. Mm-hmm. And like, if you really want breakfast, then you'll go to a table service because the table service obviously are, are nice. Um, but I wonder if that's partly why, because it is a little odd. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Is it the boulangerie at France open for breakfast? Yes. Yes, it, it is. might be. Okay, yes, there we go. That's a great one. That's a great yes. one. I guess I think of that more as lunch, but definitely there's like croissants and that that would be a place to go for yeah. sure. Oh, well, oh, this isn't in the park though. Wolfgang Puck Express at Disney Springs um, has a very so nice good. breakfast and yeah. lunch. Yeah, that place is great. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yes, yeah, there might be some Disney Springs stuff open for breakfast that might be worth checking out as well. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, oh, Earl of Sandwich is open for breakfast. Oh, open super I didn't know early. that. Yeah, that's exciting. I always think it's interesting those Disney Springs places are open for breakfast. Like, like I think, how many people are going to Disney Springs for breakfast? But, I, I mean, mm. I guess enough that they can stay open. So, that I mean, good, yeah. that's good. That's good. 
All right. Uh, let's All right. see. What is what the, uh, yeah, what's the last question we got here? All right. Though I'm visiting with my family in September, um, this September, a friend has asked me to plan a trip for three of our families for 2020. Oh. There will be a total of 10 people, six adults, four kids. What is our best bet for staying on property? Hmm. Is that too many for the treehouse villas? I think uh, it is. Oh, that's a good question. I've always, I think it's nine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The treehouse villas sleep nine. I always think it'd be really fun to like, because um, my family has stayed there, but like it'd be fun to have like a enormous group because there's plenty of space. Yeah. Um, gosh, what do you think, Josh? See. I mean, um, other yeah, than like connecting right. nine, rooms. Nine adults. Wow. You had that just yeah. exactly right. Um, I mean, so you got three families. So... You probably want your own rooms anyway. And if you want your own room, I think the best advice would be just to book like the same, the same either like room type or view type for whatever resort you go to that you want to stay at. And then basically just call Disney and just let them know, hey, these three reservation numbers, we're all traveling together. Uh, And that lets them know in their system that uh, we need to try and, you know, because you can make a request and say, hey, we want to be near this person's room. But if you actually uh, let them know, like, hey, we're we're, these three people are traveling together. um, They have the same check in and check out dates. They're going to they're going to really try to make sure they have you guys all close by each other. Um, So, I mean, unless you really did um, want a space where you could like like some sort of like three bedroom villa, like a grand villa. Uh, maybe you could like rent some DVC points or do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Then you could all stay in the same huge, massive uh, villa room together. But if that isn't something you're interested in, then just you can stay wherever and just let them know that you're traveling together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any 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 other advice for like a big group traveling down to Disney World, Emma? Mm, gosh, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's always yeah. kind of rough. Yeah. I've uh, I've had groups bigger than that traveling, and normally, um, normally they just everybody just kind of wants their own room, so it doesn't really yeah. you, you can stay wherever. I just pick a, pick a resort you like, and then we just you know I just let Disney know. Yeah, all these people are traveling together, and uh, they 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 do what they need to do to make it all happen. So there you go. Well, cool. Well, Emma, we got. I mean, we we we. This is the uh, questions didn't go quite as long. You want to talk just a little bit about Toy Story Land and what's what's coming? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so June thirtieth, twenty eighteen, opening date. Yeah. Do you and think, things? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say things have started popping up on the app, right? Like you know the yes. the, 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 the restaurants and uh, rides and descriptions. Yep, and it's on like the maps and stuff that uh, it's coming in June. Um, yeah, so this will be really interesting. What do you, are you? Where where do you sit with this whole roller coaster, uh, Slinky Dog Dash? Are you excited about this ride, or what do you think? Um, I mean, excited because it's something new at Disney, but I guess that's not something I expect to, like, absolutely love. I don't know. I Maybe I'll be blown away. I guess in my mind, I'm thinking more, like, along the lines of Barnstormer, you know? Yeah. That it's, yeah. it'll be fun, but maybe not, like, super thrilling. But, yeah, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, they'll do a good job with, like, the theming, and uh, it'll be really interesting. Yeah. I'm curious, too, because this alien swirling saucer ride, too, um is looks a little bit like that Mater ride, right? That's at uh, oh, Disneyland yeah. where you kind of are on two different tracks, kind of moving around. Mm. So I've people have said that that is a fun ride at Disneyland. When I watch a video of it, I'm like, I, okay. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't really like spinny rides like that. Yeah. It's not. It's better than, um, I, I like that ride because the, the music is really great. Like okay. 
the the uh, Mater's jams or whatever they are are just kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's not as bad as some spinny rides at like, you know, a sort of standard amusement park because I really don't like, you know, normal mm-hmm. scramblers exactly. and that kind of thing. I can't stand them. And I can stand this. So, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I, can, I, I, I can handle it. Um, but yeah, it's not like super exciting. I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the, what the um, alien saucers are like and how long the lines get and all mm-hmm. that. Do you think, uh, do, what do you think about this whole, uh, will you be chosen by the claw? Do you think this is like, is this like a gimmick or is this oh. actually like a fun facet of, the, I can't tell if they're just hyping this up like, oh, you're going to be chosen by the claw or if this is just like a, there's going to be a claw that kind of like comes down a little bit and then goes back up. Goes and back like, up. We're like, wow, remember when we thought that was going to be cool? <laughs> You know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know how they would make it cool because, like, just logistically, it feels like they'd have to, like, pick you up. Like, you know, logistically, <laughs> that feels like that'd be dangerous if yeah. a claw actually. But if they could find a way, gosh, because it is a little bit of a tease. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to make it sound cool, but it's not going to be as cool as. Yeah. Do you think that they're. How do you think they're going to tier the rides now? Oh, gosh. Do you think that, like, Alien Swirling Saucer is going to be, like, a tier one ride? And obvious, obviously, oh. uh, Midway Mania and, um, sorry, uh, just Toy Story Slinky Mania. Dog. And Slinky yeah. Dog. Those will be tier one. Yeah. Hmm. I, gosh, I'd be surprised if they did. Although, maybe they will. I don't know. They're gonna I have, guess like, probably they will at yeah. yeah, I guess probably they will at first just because it's new and they know people are going to want it, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll reevaluate. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah, it's just gonna be tough with that Slinky Dog Dash because, like, I think it looks fun. I like I like rides like roller coasters with like big hills and stuff. And so, yeah, it could like there's some Six Flags rides that are like that where there's not like a lot of like craziness, but it's just fun because it's like a nice hilly ride, and I enjoy that. But I'm worried that the lines are just gonna be so long for it for so like. For a long time, the, the the lines are going to be really long. That it's just not going to be mm. worth it to get in li- to hop in line for. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. But I am excited about it. I think it's going to be fun to have some Toy Story stuff. And I know people have complained about like how like there it, it just kind of look. Oh, it looks like the All Star Resorts with everything so big or whatever. But like oh, that's the yeah. po- that's the point of Toy Story is like yeah. uh, you're the size of a toy. So I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I um the Toy Story Mania fast passes are going down are they're doing no fast passes for a while aren't they do right, we know how yeah. long that's gonna last uh, I think it's all through April and then into May I think okay wow because it's it's going down to one track oh that's why it's gonna be okay. a nightmare <laughs> yeah so, it's gonna be awful yeah uh so we'll see about all that but but you know once it's back up everything should be good and we'll have two new attractions at at hollywood studios to kind of divide up the crowds a little bit hopefully the yeah. front of the park won't be as as busy looking it's always funny because like that park always looks busy now even if there's not yeah. like a ton of people in it <laughs> Uh, just because there's not that much for people to do right now, but I know. Will it still bottleneck too? Because right now it really bottlenecks, mm-hmm. like because you know you can't. It's not like a circle anymore. Um, there are dead ends. Yeah. But what will be beyond Toy Story Land? Will uh, that be Galaxy's Edge? Like, will it still be a dead end back yeah, there? Yeah, I I think. I think maybe. I don't know. I, I don't will. know if they're gonna have like a path. Like when you go all the way back uh, to the end of the where Toy Story Mania entrance is now. 
like I don't know if they'll have a path like it'll kind of be a circular route that they'll build yeah. for now but I know that eventually Toy Story Land will dive into Galaxy's Edge oh, okay. at some mm-hmm. point but I don't know yeah so we'll see about all that crazy times man crazy times yeah. Lo- lots of changes happening at the parks uh, over the next few years so we'll see about all that but we did get that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Tron are both opening in 2021 so uh, by the 50th uh the park's gonna look a lot different than they do now so it's very exciting yeah. there you go toy all story right. land cool all right everybody hey thank you so much for sending in questions if you have questions for the show you can go to our uh, website www.a-to-z.com send us questions there or uh Sign up for our private Facebook page. Uh, happy to join, uh, add you to there. If you uh, go to our the show notes for this episode, you can find a link to it or go to www.a-to-z.com. And if you want to be informed about all of our new episodes of the show, you can follow us on social media. Where can people follow us there, Emma? Yeah, we're Disney World A to Z on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Give us a like, give us a follow. We'd love to see you there. Awesome. All right, everybody. Hey, we'll be back on Monday with an all-new episode of the show. And until then, take care. Bye. Have a magical day.